to a lot of women regularly about how they can get their act together or how they feel they're struggling to get their act together. And, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you're in your teens or your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, this is something all women kind of go through depending on what season in their life they're in. And if you've heard me talk about it in things we've talked about, life balance, we go through different seasons. Yes, we do. And sometimes we feel more put together than others. Some people are constantly anxious through every season of their life, worrying and fretting and wondering what's going to happen next and fearing for the future. And some people, it's just when they go through certain things. But either way, in this podcast, we're going to talk about how to master anxiety. What are the beginning steps to doing that? And like, this is important work because this so much affects so many things, whether it's relationships, our internal happiness, how we raise our kids and how healthy they are. When I mean like, this is something you want to get a hold of. This is something I had to get a hold of. And when I didn't, I, I suffered a lot. So in this podcast, we're going to go into kind of how to identify if you might be anxious and kind of the next steps on what you need to do. Let's go. Assalamualaikum. Welcome back to the Mindful Muslim Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslim, coming to you every week on topics, whether it's love, life balance, emotions, struggling with parents, trying to get married, struggling once we are married. I mean, we cover everything that sisters DM us about. 95% of this podcast is what you request for us to talk about. We literally just make it based on what you guys want. So here's another one. A lot of our sisters are struggling with anxiety. I had a sister the other day call me up just marriage falling apart, asking me how does she get a grip on her anxiety. Well, it is a bit of a journey, right? But it's something that if you can get a grip on this, it is so powerful, impactful in so many areas of your life. And so we're going to kind of just dabble into it right now because getting women started is the hardest thing. Getting us to get started when we feel like, oh, I already got a million things to do is the hardest part. So we're here to make it easier for you. One thing we do at Mindfulness, as you know, is we get women to go from surviving to thriving. And we do that in baby steps, really manageable steps. And we create resources for women. If you haven't already, check out our website, www.mindful-muslima.com. In the website, we have tons of free resources, downloadables. You can even get a free trial for actual live events with other sisters for support. So you're more than welcome to do that. I'll put the link below. All right. So also we have a uh, book club going on. So shout out to all the sisters in the book club. We're doing Secrets of the Quran. And what's really, really important that I want women to understand today is so much of our life can feel like we don't have the ability or the tools or the people or in the environment, especially the houses. I know a lot of sisters say they feel their houses are toxic, and I'll get to that in a second, but not feeling like we have what we need and support is really the biggest thing. Um, and so alhamdulillah, I mean, we have tons of that. A lot of you guys have really, really been excited also about the workshop that we have coming up on resentment. So I want to say sometimes anxiety is directly related to that. So if you feel like that's something that you are struggling with, please, please get in the resentment workshop. It's on May 27th, 11 a.m. It's totally free. And you just have to register so you can get inside. We can send you all the stuff. But alhamdulillah, this is the beginning of your healing. And we want to be part of that journey with you. So today we're going to be talking about kind of first, um, I'm going to help you identify kind of like if you're anxious, just some basic signs because not everybody's aware. And then kind of the next steps that you need to do to start 
getting that journey going in the easiest way possible. And I know we have women who are like career women. They're in the middle of university and exams. And you'd love to do this stuff or you have kids or you have just like madness happening in your life. But everything we do takes that to an account. So I want to say when I suggest things, I do it as a mom of five, as a person who runs Mindful Muslim, who runs a ton of stuff. Like I'm talking crazy amount of consultancy that I do and a whole bunch of stuff that you would, if you saw my schedule, your eyes might pop. But I still did this work by the help of a lot, so much as possible. So let's get right in. So number one, let's just talk about kind of um, some things that our women have told us in the past about worry. And so that we can help to wrap our heads around like, well, like, what's up with me? Am I anxious? How much is this affecting my life? Like, what can I do about it and get all into all that? So in the past, we've had book clubs. And a lot of times we've done really deep ones. We've done um, some of the books from Yasmin Mujahid or just the Don't Be Sad book by Aydar Qarni, like really, really good quality things and quality discussions. And in our book clubs, which are, again, totally free inside of Thrive Muslima. Um, and I'll put a link, like I said, guys, if you want to still try to um, jump in there. Inshallah, like what I want to say is when you are sitting in a room of women from all over the world and we all have the same experience where we're feeling sad, anxious. I mean, when the women would open up the mic and start to get into what they were struggling with, it sounded a little something like this, like, I don't think I can do this because in the past this happened before. So I haven't even gotten into my new marriage yet. I'm just like about to, you know, just we did the engagement, but I didn't get into it yet, but I already know it's not going to work. So with that sense of worry and fear and concern comes self-doubt and there's like incessant worrying and this is constant like telling themselves it's just not going to be good, just not going to be good and just pounding that into their head about just like all the things that could go wrong. And I've told you that like what we focus on, we feel. What we focus on, we feel. And I remember reading in one of the books that we had um, quoted the author and it was just like, you know, and I had said that and many women felt like that was really, really huge. And what resonated with them, which was that, you know, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. And when I say that, it goes to anxiety as well. Because anxiety often causes the suffering. Because it's just perpetual worry. Like you have this pain, right? Like somebody hurts you. But then you're going to like, they've left you. Like, let's pretend like it, it was like a marriage gone sour and they're gone. A spender is just like a haram relationship, billah, and it's gone, right? That person is gone. I've had sisters call me up and say like, I can't get over this person. And because I can't get over this person, I can't like really give myself to somebody else because I keep comparing, right? And that's, that's, that's anxious thought as well. Like this sadness, this worry, this fear, it's just like replaying tapes in your head over and over again. We're like self-torturing. Can we talk about the level of self-sabotage that that is? And I say that not as a judgment. I say that because I want us to recognize what's happening right now. It's really deep and it's really destructive. So I want you to imagine if that whole scenario is going on in your head. That whole thing is going on in your head. It's not actually replaying in real life. That person is actually long gone, but yet they live in your everyday moments. Is that not crazy, right? Isn't that crazy how that works? Like I had, you know, an ex-husband who I just, they kept like everything about them, they just kept showing up in my life. And it was just like, I could have easily been like, well, that's because he did that. But I had to hold myself back because there has to be a level of like me moving on. Me no longer allowing that person to run my life. 
because of my emotional, you know, upset or overwhelm over that thing that happened, whatever that thing is. So I say that to all sisters that a lot of the times our pain is just carried on our back. Like that stuff is not even still happening. Sometimes it's stuff with our parents. They've really, really hurt us. Or they're really making us feel bad about ourselves by the things they're saying. And we don't feel good enough. We're getting compared to other siblings. You know, we're just feeling like we're never enough. They're always like, we should tell them something. We want them to be excited for us, but they're not happy because it's not what they want for us. Yeah, I know. I hear it all the time. So what I want you to think about is there has to come this time in your life where you're like, enough is enough. I'm not going to keep going down this rabbit hole where all I do is fret over everything that once happened. When we keep living in that past, we, we make it become our waking moment. There is no healing, sister. So we have to understand that there are things that happen but they don't have to be part of our present life or our future life. And they surely don't have to be the thing that makes us broken, that we can't have a good relationship or something else. So that's just not necessary. And for the sisters who say like, hey, I want to do all this anxiety work, but you know, I get a house that's toxic. My parents are so toxic. I get you. I feel you. Like it's really hard when you're trying to make yourself better and the other people in the house are not. But I want to tell you something beautiful. We were doing something in Ramadan. We were talking to the sisters about Salah. And one really beautiful, encouraging thing, one of the speakers inside one of the, um, you guys know we have the Sisterhood Thrive Muslima. And inside of there, one of the speakers was saying to the sisters, you know, if you show up in, and I think it was one of the brothers, I think because we have some scholars and usteds that come in as well. And he said like, you know, if you start changing your environment in the house, other people will follow whether they want to or not. It's just going to be a natural thing. Like, so if you're like the dark cloud in the house because you feel horrible and you're just tired and, you know, you have a right to be tired, then all of a sudden you start getting close to a lot. You start praying more. You start increasing your du'as and you become this little light inside of the house and that stuff just starts to resonate. You know, just kind of like bad friends make you go bad. It's like good friends, you know, make you go good. And so here you are being this beautiful example in your home. You're warmer. You're more positive. You're more trusting of a lot. And that's just going to rub off into the kids, your husband. Then all of a sudden the environment's going to change. It might be your parents as well. Now I'm not saying you're going to change personalities. I'm not saying you're going to do like earth shattering things. I'm just saying you're going to notice some stuff move in that house. And even if things are bad, they're not going to affect you the same way they did when you were in your negative place. Does that make sense? I want you to understand, I keep giving this analogy because there is no better analogy in my mind than from the prophets, you know, um, peace be upon them, of Ibrahim salam. And I remember, I think I was watching like a Zaki cartoon. And literally every time I talk about this, I have the Zaki cartoon in my head. <laughs> Not that I'm promoting Zaki. Uh, but, you know, alhamdulillah, it was like when they, they took Ibrahim and they threw him in the fire and he was like, had a fire and he was sitting there with his legs crossed and it was just cool. He was breathing. And, and you know, that analogy sounds very far-fetched in the sense that a fire, cool, it's, a, it's like a metaphor, right? So what I want you to think about is I've actually experienced that. I've had situations where people were screaming at me, waving fingers, rah, and, and before, like, those people might have seriously got me anxious. They might have put me to tears. They might have made me bark back at them. But I literally was able just to look at them and go, like, okay. Is, is that all? Can I, can I share? I want to make sure it's clear what actually happened. I just, I just want you to calm down. Like I myself could be super calm in that moment, which was not a reality before. That's a learned experience, guys. That's why I say so much of this stuff is so possible. Like I just wish people knew how much better their life could be 
but they just they have to learn something different. There's that saying from Einstein, and it's, it's, it's cliche as it is, it's really true. Madness is doing the same thing over and over again, thinking that something's gonna change. Like that was me before. I was just like, I just got to, and then I just, I didn't have any new tools. I didn't have a new way. So what I wanna say to women is you have to have a new way. What we're teaching is a different way to do things because clearly what you're doing isn't working. Yes or no? If it was working, you'd feel better and you wouldn't be anxious, right? Because you're, you're tackling that same life every day. And there's a, there's a point where you have to be like, okay, that's clearly not working. Let me do something different. So that's what we're suggesting here. But I want to say to the women who think they can't do anything about that. So people think like, you know, I have this environment. I can't fix myself. Alhamdulillah. But that's just not true. Like at what point do we give credit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he talks in the Quran about anxiety. In uh, Quran 7-9 and Surah 79, he says, you know, there's, there's a lot of meaning about anxiety and about how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains to us how mankind was made anxious. And when mankind is made anxious, it's his natural state. So in order to just like, just be like, oh, worry and fretting, you know, and the shaitan, he capitalized on that. He capitalizes because he wants us to be even more upset. He's like, this is cake. She's like stressed about everything. I'm just going to like tap her and she's going to like lose it. Right. So if we've talked before on previous podcasts about the fact that the mind naturally goes into fight or flight, right? It's naturally keeping you afraid. But here's the thing. There has to be like an interrupt button. You ever see the panic button? Like when you have to like stop it all from happening, the doors from closing. Like I had to, I had to learn where the panic button was and then like press it and stop it. Stop the madness. And that's really what it is. So when I say to you how to stop anxiety, I want you to first understand to put the excuses aside. Stop with the like, oh, I can't because. And, and, and oh, you know, my environment is such and such. So these are things that are stopping us from progressing. And so bringing back the understanding that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made us a certain way, but he also then taught us how to stay calm. Do this, pray. He gave us actual tools. See, people don't look at prayer as a tool. They don't look at da'a as a tool. They look at it as like a responsibility, like this heavy responsibility. I have to do five times a day or I'm going to go to hell. It is literally, these are psychological tools. There's breath work that happens in da'a and in, 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 in salah in the sense that you're supposed to be calm and focused. And you're having this connection with your creator, which is taking you back to your fitrah, which is where your peace is. See, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put these things as beautiful ways to calm ourselves. But we often enter them in states of anxiety, right? It's because we're also ingesting, whether it's online or a whole bunch of other stuff, just so many crazy things that are keeping us upset. So I want you to ask yourself, am I also creating an anxious environment around me by all the things that I'm doing? Maybe it's the people you're around. You know, even your friends. You can choose your friends. A lot of people feel they can't. We had a series in the back on friendships. And I, I think, I can't remember the exact uh, link right now, but in our, if you scroll back, like we talked about friends and how to have good friends, how to not keep friends who no longer are benefiting you in the sense that they're dragging you into places that you know are not good. And so it's really important. But what I'm going to switch into right now is kind of how to notice if you're anxious. Because these are really, really important. The obvious one is excessive worry. Like obnoxious worry. Everything is just a cause for pain. Everything, it's like negative Nancy. Debbie Downer. She lives in you, right? She's like no one else. And you don't want to do that, but you're just so good at finding all the ways everything's going to go wrong. 
That's not natural. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us anxiety, but we're not supposed to like capitalize on that and go in. You know, like we're, some of us are overdoing it to the point where it's really creating, wreaking havoc in our lives. The other one is fatigue. You know, all that worrying causes fatigue. If all you're doing is thinking, like those wheels are turning day in and day out, just turning, that exhausts you. You know, my husband, you know, I do a job as an educator where I do a lot of training people. A lot of you guys know I used to travel over the world. I worked in Dubai and I worked everywhere and I would do consultancy for like major groups and organizations. And that is exhausting mentally. And then my husband does a more physical job because he owns um, like halal restaurants. So like he's just physically moving and he's just like, ah, you used your brain all day. That's not exhausting. But we know for people who study, for people who do real work with the brain, like it really does. So it's the same way that anxiety is really, really going to bring us down. And then when you actually try to sleep, what do you get? restlessness. Why do you get restlessness? Because you're so tired from thinking. And then you go to sleep and you put your head in the pillow and that's like the worst time of the day, even though you need that time to rest. It's just like everything comes flooding in and then you have poor sleep and then you wake up and the day's all over again. So it's just crazy. The other thing is because you're anxious, a lot, another sign, another sign of anxiety is that you're highly irritable. Everybody is annoying. Yeah. Everybody should not be annoying. I'm just being serious. It means there's a level of anxiety because your kids should not be constantly annoying to you. Yes, kids do annoying things. Totally, totally can't pretend that they don't. But at the same time, you know, and for people who are not parents, just I'll tell you what I mean. It's like I would say to a child, hey, stop that. And they'd be like, this, this, stop this right now. Is this what you want me to do? I'm just like, Why? Why do you need to do that? Like, is that really, I mean, this is the type of stuff, it's madness, right? So you're just like, oh my goodness. So, you know, and then because you're frustrated, like it's, but you're just like, it's like, you don't see your kids as gifts anymore. You don't see them as beautiful gifts. And this is really problematic. Okay, so the other one is because you haven't slept and because you're irritable, you can't think straight. So then you make poor decisions or you just feel like, oh my gosh, I can't, it's too much right now. Um, do I want this or that? Should I get that or that? I don't know. So, you know, one thing I used to always do in those times, I used to write everything down because keeping your head is just way too much. And but we'll get into more suggestions in a second. But the difficulty sleeping, the higher irritability, the constant fretting and worrying, like these are all signs that like there is something serious going on. And if you've listened to me in previous podcasts, I said to you negative emotions are a gift. I know we don't see them as because we have the word negative in there, but they really, really are. And it's really important that we start to think about the fact that those things are Allah's way of helping us. Now, the suggestions I have really quick, and this is just the beginning of that journey, and there's so much more that can be done. And I again, we teach this stuff all the time. We have a free class on emotional mastery. I'll put the link below. I want you to understand that so much of this you have to take action on on your own time after the podcast, video. It's really, really important because there's alone time that needs to happen without me talking at you. There's alone time between you and your, your brain to process certain things, but there's some really key tools that I cover in there that I think are going to be really, really pivotal in this journey for you. But the first one is like just some basic suggestions I have here to get you started is that we have to understand we're telling yourself stories and those stories are not necessarily true. And I've said this before in other videos and I feel like a broken record or I've said this in other podcasts. And at the end of the day, I want us to understand that what we tell ourselves really matters. If I tell myself I'm fat, oh, I'm so fat. 
I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm ugly, I'm fat. And that's all I do over and over again. What do you think I'm going to wake up and think tomorrow? You guessed it. So this stuff, on the opposite, if I tell myself, I am so beautiful, I feel so good, it's such a good day, everything is so good right now. And I tell me this, one thing I'm going to wake up tomorrow, it's much more likely I'm going to feel like tomorrow's a positive day. Now, likewise, because we have this anxiety and irritability, sometimes we're saying really hurtful things to our kids and spouses. And this is where it gets dangerous. Because this is where we have to understand how unhealthy this stuff is. We are saying really harmful things to our kids in moments of frustration. Gosh, why you like this? Oh, you're so annoying. Or, oh, like, why do you do that? Or, oh, the, the kids start to feel like they're unwanted, they're unloved. And then they question their value. And then when they question their value, like, this is all comes out of us just feeling anxious today. Had, it was really nothing personal, but in the moment, we're just overwhelmed. So as a mom, I want to say getting control of what comes out of your mouth due to anxiety is really important. And poor relationships that come out of what we say in times of anxiousness, right? Anxiety. Spouses could be a potential spouse, could be our parents. We're disrespecting parents. What happened to bitter what you think? What happened to like good treatment of parents? Well, I can't treat her right. She said this to me. No, that's actually not what the prophet did. That's actually not what the Sahaba did at all. The Rasul he had people throw camel guts on him while he's praying. Did he get up and say, do you know who I am? Oh, that would be so arrogant of him. But why are we that arrogant? Why are we that arrogant with our own parents? He wasn't even like that with, quote unquote, like strangers, people who are not family members. He didn't even talk to them like that. But look how we talk to our family, our mom, our husbands, our kids. Like it's just really, really cause for concern. And I say this to myself before anybody else, right? And so we have to also, so the first thing I want you to understand, there's these stories we tell ourselves and there's this incredible danger that we need to, to get a grip on. Like the, the way it affects relationships, the way it affects child mental health and he mental health in children, the way it, it, it can just physically make us sick. You guys know when I was having like an emotional breakdown before I understood how to do all this stuff, like I was going, like my body was tremoring. I was going through like shutdown because I was ignoring the fact that this was happening. People are getting physically ill. Do you notice that you're getting sick? You're just getting sick. You don't feel well. Stuff that happens in your heart and your mind, that's really, really going to go into the rest of your body. These things are not separate entities, ladies. And so healing this also will do something for your physical good feeling. Like when I am mentally and emotionally well and spiritually well, my body feels so good. And I want that for all of you. But I had to do the work, right? I'm just going to be really, really frank. And so what, where to start? Okay, so where to start in all this? First of all, pay attention to your triggers. Now, that's really hard for people who don't know how to do this. So I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it. Super basic. Get a notebook. Get a notebook and just use this notebook for one week. I promise you, just push yourself through this week. It's the difference of changing your life. Do it. Do it like, like you need to do it, right? I want you every day, carry that, it could be a little teeny weeny notebook, carry it in your purse. It needs to go with you everywhere. Every time you start to feel anxiety, let me show you, tell me where you're going to feel anxiety. I feel it in my shoulders and my neck. Every headache I get is usually an anxiety headache or a stress headache, quote unquote. You know, every day of your life, you're going to start to get these things, but you have to pull it down. It's going to be this thing that swells up and you have to pull it down. It swells up and like, there's no, there's no person that can ever teach you how to get rid of anxiety completely because then you'd be like unhuman. Like that's just not even possible, right? So like you have to understand that anxiety is always going to happen. It's just a matter of you just putting it back in its place where it belongs, right? And so there's many ways to do that. But the first step on your journey today that I'm just going to get right into, and like I said, we have tons of other tools, 
tons of other tools, um, is alhamdulillah is you have to start keeping track of what is getting you upset. Now, what happens in this notebook is every time you have something, you're like, oh, 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 you start to feel your fists clench or your muscles tighten or you just feel like I'm breathing fast or just palp, you know, just like sweating or whatever it is that your body responds. That's another one. You need to feel that. You need to feel what's happening in your body. I had to learn how to breathe, feel the tension in my neck, feel the tension in my shoulders, understand what was happening in my body so that I could pay attention to it when it happened. Now, some of you are like, oh, girl, I don't need to do any of that. I know exactly what makes me upset, so good for you, all right? You're going to put those into your notebook, and I want to tell you if you do that every day, like three or four or five things. Oh, I came home, and the kids were crying, and they wouldn't stop. Just write that down. If you can't do a notebook because that's too hard for you, please don't be lazier than this. Do it in your notes on your phone. You know you could press that microphone? Just open a notes like anxiety week. Press it and just like our anxiety tracking, right? Anxiety tracking. So, and you're pressing and you, every time you're just going to say something on there. And then you're going to look at it at the end of the week. At the end of the week, you're going to notice patterns. I promise. You think that anxiety, anxious moments are happening at random every day. It's your life is just out of control. No, it's not. There are crazy patterns. It's the same incidents over and over. It's the same people. It's the same topics. And some of us know what they are. Some of us don't know all of them. We know some of them. We don't realize all of them. So here's the deal. After you get those patterns, by the way, you're more than welcome to book a free 15-minute call with me. I have free calls all the time. Um, it is first come, first serve. So I will say sometimes I'm booked 60 days out. And I'm not even going to lie about that because people are like, sis, you told me to book, but look. And I'm like, I know, but it's first come, first serve. But however, I have 45-minute ones too. More than welcome. Sometimes those are um, sooner and those are obviously way more beneficial because they're longer. But I want to say, like, if you want to talk them out because you don't know how to deal with it, that's cool. I'm here. But for yourself, what I want you to know what you do is you're going to start to go, hmm, what are the things that are upsetting me? Huh, it's that every day. I didn't realize it was that bad. For me, when I did that, it was my job. I realized all signs pointed to my job. The job had to go. And so it went. And my life was better, if I could just be frank. And, and you know, for people who don't have financial security, which most people don't in the world right now, I get it. I obviously had a backup plan before I made that choice. But my point is I had to get something in gear, and I had to recognize what was really tripping me up. And I suggest the same for you. So as you go through this pattern, you're going to notice that, huh, it's these things, so therefore I'm going to have to be ready for when that happens next time so I can respond instead of react. Reacting is when somebody like punches you in the face and you like punch them back without thought, right? When somebody punches you in the face, not that there's supposed to be violence going on. I'm just using it as an analogy, right? But I say like somebody does something, they throw words at you like daggers, right? You know, they're throwing punches, whatever it is. You know, you're just going to, instead of just gut reaction, naturally thrusting my body forward or just barking words that are just ridiculously un-Islamic, what I could do instead is just have a moment, breathe. And that takes a skill set to practice, breathe, and then respond instead of react. And many of you guys know that because you're in our actual, we have an entire course where we teach all this stuff called How to Master Your Emotions. And um, beyond, if you're a person who really, really wants to take control of all of this, you're more and more than welcome to join us. But at the end of the day, I want to say it's these first steps that sometimes are just revelation. You're just like, oh my goodness, what was I? One time I was really anxious and I had accidentally, I was talking to somebody who was making me anxious and I accidentally pressed the like texting button so that it made, it was recording everything I was texting. I think I pressed like the microphone and it all went into like the phone. And then I, I, I picked up my phone and I looked at it and I read it and I was like, 
ew, what did I just say? Sometimes when it's coming out of our mouth and we don't see it in writing, it is not the same. That's why a lot of you guys know we have journaling. We have how to journal negative emotions. We have this four-point process. It's totally free. It's a PDF. www.mindful-muslim.com, www.mindful-muslim.com. You go in there, we have tons of free resources, tons. And you can download it and you can use this too if you want to like that, then once you realize what those are, you want to start to have a more positive morning and break yourself out of negative feelings really early in the morning so that you can get the rest of your day going. I really, really suggest you try that out. But I want you to understand, other than that's the only assignment to help you get started today, I'm going to say is recognize those triggers, start to do anxiety tracking. And then I just want to emphasize how urgent this is to fix. Um, we're not living our purpose when we live in states of anxiety. We are not serving our children. We are not serving in our marriage. We are just not serving our creator when we're constantly in a state of worry because there's this lack of trust and connection with Allah in such a state. And I just want to say that so much of this you can do. You can change. I did it, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. And I want ease for our women, but I just want you to know no one's going to come and save you and do this. And I know I say that like from time and time again, but like it's really true. And I had to get that reality in my head so I could just do the thing. You know what I mean? I had to just like learn something else. Like we said, you know, madness is doing the same thing over and over again, thinking something will change. So I had to do that. If you need us, you know how to find us. Again, if you do want to book the consultation, I'll put the link below as well. But we hope this was helpful. Um, again, the signs of anxiety, we talked about them. They were like the increased irritability, the increased constant, constant worry, the fatigue, the restfulness, the difficulty sleeping because of the thoughts, you know, that they just can't even get my thoughts straight. If that's you right now, sis, you really need to take action. And the first thing is to get in tune with yourself and kind of like what's triggering you, what's going on. So I really, really suggest the tracking. It's something I did. It was very, very helpful. And if you want to then like break it down and talk to me about it, no judgment. A lot of people say, like, what do you do on consultation calls? We talk about everything. I'm just literally like if you had a big sister or friend you wanted to call on the phone and you just wanted to talk to them, I'm here. All right. So I love you all for the sake of Allah. So good to be with you. Um, definitely dive into the free class if you can below. Love that I've been spending so much time with you guys in the book club. That's free as well inside of Thrive Muslim. I have a link below for that. We have tons of resources, ladies. Enjoy, enjoy, and I will see you in the next one. Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.